You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rewind Football Fantasy. Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome back, everyone, to the Fantasy Football Rewind with Dan Strafford and Joe Pizzapia. You know, there I feel like enough- you need to say... You need to say frozen tundra somewhere. <laughs> I, I do. I feel like it's there. Whenever you hear this music, everything gets a little more dramatic. You know, Nando can do that kind of voice. That's more like oh, a yeah. Nando kind of thing. You know, what, what are you That's doing? Not- it, uh, the frozen tundra. Yeah. That's, That's Nando be- the morning after hey. heavy drinking. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm not- Nando, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, my friend. We've been friends for too long, um, but I, but you know, I feel like there's a bit of that that missing. You know, like do you remember back in the old days of the NFL? I don't know, wax poetic because we're so old because we're not. But even when we were kids, it was a little bit more of this kind of, you know, the in awe of the NFL. And now I feel like that's gone. You know, like the social media has completely stripped anything close to that away. Everything is just so much. I don't know. On, onto the other scale, you just know everything about everyone. There's no. There's no mythology. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like we know everything about everyone at every second, and there's right. that's it. You know, it's kind of a in a way, it's a bummer. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. If we if social media existed for Bart Starr or you know, John well, United, imagine if it existed knows? for the Oakland Raiders back in the in the seventies. Imagine that. But like, yeah. but think about like someone like Mickey Mantle. Like I know it's not football, but for baseball, like there would be no one idolizing them. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know. It goes back to you should idolize, you know, you you can appreciate athleticism. You know what I mean? Appreciate the players on the field and all that stuff. I mean, this is going to go in, you know, a little bit off topic here. But, you know, I kind of miss that. I miss that whole, you know, that frozen tundra and the legend of this guy and all that stuff. I used to watch those. You used to watch those NFL films things when you used to, you know, replay them on ESPN2, you know, when ESPN2 just started. They, I mean, that's yep. how I learned about the history of football was through those NFL films. The frozen tundra. Bart Starr walked out. When Vince Lombardi cuts yeah, a steak, Vince Lombardi cuts a steak. Vince Lombardi only drinks whiskey and eats red meat. That's what he does because he's a man and this is football. Like, I miss he that. He smokes cigars. He smokes 12 cigars while he cuts his steak All and at drinks the same whiskey. Time. Same time. He cuts his steak with cigars because that's how tough he is. He actually burns them apart into small pieces, then eats them because he's Vince Lombardi. Uh, by the way, we, you know, the only game we didn't get to in week one because, uh, well, it was Thursday night is the uh, Pats and Kansas City Chiefs. And for anybody panicking about that game, I would, uh, I would hearken back to 2014, the last time the Patriots got an absolute ass whipping from the yes. Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, they went on to win a Super Bowl that year. So don't panic. If you can buy Tom Brady, Gronkowski, Hogan, anybody on the cheap right now, this week, do it. Do it quickly. In that game, Tom Brady was even worse than he was in this one, if you could believe it. He threw a 159 with a couple of picks in that. In fact, they even took him out for Garoppolo at one point because the game was so out of hand. They gave up 41 points, I think, in that one. So don't worry, kids. All right? Now's the time to go add your Patriots. And we'll see how good Kareem Hunt is when he goes up against some real defenses. All right, we're going to break. We come back. John Law from Football Diehards, one of our favorite people, the happiest man on the face of the earth because NFL is here, is going to join us. So stick around. We'll be right back with John Law and more football right after this.
Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Football Rewind. Joe Pizzapia, Dan Strafford with you. And we are breaking down week one in the NFL. Getting it going. Unfortunately, it was not a good week for me for the Survivor Pools. But Fantasy Factor is running a fantastic promotion. They are basically giving away money. It's $1,000 to somebody. It might as well be you. It's free to enter. Just go to FantasyFactor.com. Go sign up for their uh, their free picks contest. You can go and you can pick one winner each week and go ahead. It's And also, it's Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site that exclusively offers single-entry contests, which is great, too. So go to www.fantasyfactor.com. Sign up now. You can play their free survivor pool. I heard they're actually going to uh, bring a lot of it back uh, in another contest because so many people got eliminated in week one. So go check that out and go play on fantasyfactor.com. We're going to be joined by John Lobb. Uh, shortly here, but uh, while we're waiting on him, uh, Dan, what was your big takeaway from from this first week here? When you when you saw all the games, what was the one thing to you that really stuck out that you said, "Hey, week one, I didn't expect this to happen," and it was kind of raising the eyebrows and something to to notice the rest of the way. Well, I mean, uh, th- that question, the final question you asked there was that Alex Smith can throw for over three three hundred yards. <laughs> well, <laughs> what stood out? He owns the Patriots. Um, Somebody has to, and of all ironies of ironies, right? It's Alex Smith. Who owns the Patriots? Right? I enjoyed like, the narrative. How useless that, is that? <laughs> I enjoyed the seriously. Uh, I enjoyed the narrative that he finally feels human there, meaning that like he sees Mahomes over his shoulder, and it's not like he's going to be protected by Andy Reid. Mahomes had a great preseason, and he's now realizing he has to sling it. But I do think you're also right that he plays well against the Pats. I also think the Pats defense is going to do what it does every year, where it starts off the season being a little clunky. Belichick's still figuring things out with uh, his D coordinator. And as the season goes on, they're going to get stronger and stronger, move people around where they need to be, and be in a position to win come the playoffs. Uh, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Honestly, Wentz and Goff surprised me. Like Those are eye, eyebrow-raising performances from both. I didn't love Wentz as the cash game quarterback in DFS. I know he was cheap. Had a good matchup with Washington. I just wasn't in love there. Um, but he, he showed up and, and showed up with Nelson Aguilar, of all people. And you like to see that because Aguilar is not that good. So you see him making <laughs> those around him better. You don't get that kind of analysis anywhere, folks. Right. Let me tell you right but here. You, That's he, why he we're the flashes. A-team. He has shown flashes and, and has the, this, the athleticism, but he's never shown the aptitude to be an a NFL number one wide receiver. So you see him stepping forward here along with Ertz. I think that's huge for Wentz, and I we know how big an arm he has. We know uh, he is talented, and he can get outside the pocket a little bit if need be, uh, but I think this has to be a big boost for Wentz. I think the same for Goff. Yes, it's Indianapolis. Yes, their secondary was without a couple of pieces, and on the other side, there's no offense to go against, uh, but he had a really solid, efficient game uh, that should be big for him to build on. On the negative side, I was talking about it uh, before the break, I just think Carson Palmer's done. I think this is a guy who, yes, he had a very strong end to the season last year, but I think there are going to be more misses than hits this year for him uh, and, and going to be somebody that maybe next week against the Colts in Indianapolis you can play him, uh, but I think there's going to be more struggles than, than worth it to have him in any sort of season-long standing. All right, we're going to have John Lobb join us at 10 o'clock hour, so he's going to join us in hour three, so we're going to skip around a little bit. And uh, let's let's go talk about the fantasy studs and duds. Let's get that out of the way here, and let's talk about those guys. Who are the big studs? And, you know, obviously we can go to the leaderboard and take a look. We know in terms of running backs, I mean, there was no bigger stud this week than Kareem Hunt. Now, do you think that this Kareem Hunt performance was similar to, like, 
But I said, you know, go back to that 2014 game. It was Niall Davis who ran all over the Patriots and Jamal Charles. The two of them combined for 200 yards on the ground in that game a couple years ago when they just shellacked them. That was the classic. We're on the Cincinnati after uh, after that game. And people yep. ask him, is this the last game for Tom Brady? Which Bill Belichick gave the greatest death stare to that report I've ever seen in my entire life. Is this, is this a, are you guys going to evaluate the quarterback situation? And and Belichick, I believe, burned a hole through his soul yes. when he asked he's him that question. Fire. Pretty, uh, pretty sure. So, But uh, I think that he's still going to be a low-end RB1 when all is said and done. It was a great first effort. But right now, someone's going to overpay. Like if say if someone's going to give you Le'Veon Bell, I'm taking it. Well, right, and I think that's the whole. I I don't know if you follow. I know Matt Modica does a lot of the uh, high end, the big man of a thousand leagues. Yes, exactly. Um, the NFBC, you know, all of those and um, NFFC, NFBC, and anything with letters, he plays. It doesn't even right. matter. He's, it might not even be football. He's, he's an acronym whore. Um, I think that. <laughs> he went third, I think, overall in that league, or second in the big buy-in league this weekend because he had already scored the points, like it was pocketed points you could draft. I still have the problem with, he's still Kareem Hunt, he's talented. We, we, we knew he's talented coming in. You have the likes of Matthew Barry out there, he's been honestly talking about him all summer, and he's a, he pushes ADP, Barry, still. like he, he still has that influence. So he clearly has talent, but I don't expect this to be who he is, and no one does. And I think, again... It's tough to gauge with a running back in that situation where injury happened in front of him. He gets the opportunity. I would think that Hunt ends up being an RB1 this year. Uh, I think that's a fine established, you know, top 12, um, top 15 easily. Um, But is he a top five running back? I still have a tough time. Now, with David Johnson's injury, obviously opens up a lot of room for other running backs to, to sneak in there into the top five. But I hate one week over over jumps. But right. if he's on well, your waiver wire, you know, if you're he picked in a up some yards league. there later on when Dante Hightower went out of that game too, which is you know another thing. Let's not forget that too All situation context, scenario. Yeah. yeah. So and there there is some context to that, and I'm not making it. I'm not trying to like you know make excuses of why he shouldn't be a good running back. I'm just trying to let everybody know you've got to just you know. Put him in its place a little bit. That's all. And there's only two other guys that rush for 100 yards in this week, in the opening week. It's LaShawn McCoy. Well, a lot of people were a little concerned. Look, we knew they were going to be riding LaShawn McCoy until he breaks. I guess the concern is when is he going to break? Uh, And Leonard Fournette, who reached the century mark as well. I think a really good effort for Fournette here, considering the foot injury coming into the season and considering that is a tough matchup. Week one, first shot out of the gate against the Houston Texans. I thought... Fournette was uh, just an admirable job, really. Well done by him. Absolutely. And he, he's talented. We saw him uh, be really talented in college. You know, we, yeah. we knew what he had. But I, I was concerned about this landing spot for him. But now, especially with the Robinson injury, they're going to run the ball 70 times a game. Like, it, it's going to be just bruise them up sort of football um, where, where I think you're going to see legitimately potentially – 30 to 40 carries some weeks for Fournette. And that's, you, you said before, volume isn't everything. And I agree with you that even someone like Rob Kelly, when he's the, the lead back, isn't the best situation. But if Fournette's getting that many carries, it's tough to stay away from him. All right, let's go to the fantasy studs, wide receivers. Antonio Brown, obviously the top of the board here. 11 for 182, just a great game for him. And, you know, it's funny. Once they started getting the ball in his hands, that's when Pittsburgh just took off. If you watch that game, it just was... 
it was clear they were kind of struggling out of the gate, a little bit flat, like a lot of the offenses so far in week one. And then Antonio Brown, five-yard catch, 10-yard catch, boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, it's an Antonio Brown show, and it was fantastic. Tyreek Hill also seven for 133 and a touchdown. Now, I don't expect Tyreek Hill to have a bunch of games like this that are just so good across the board, but I think it's clear that Kansas City is going to run a a, a non-traditional style offense. You saw them run some wacky stuff out there with Travis Kelsey behind center and, you know, some of those like college type plays and those college type offenses. They're going to do whatever they can to get Tyree Kill and Kareem Hunt the ball in space and make things happen. And that's going to that's going to be tough. That's a lot of speed and teams are going to have to figure that out. Austin Hooper, two for 128 with the touchdown. Golden Tate, 10 for 107. Golden Tate's performance, I think, is going to one that's going to fly under the radar, Dan. I think a very good studly performance by Golden Tate against a tough Arizona secondary. No touchdown to show for it, but I have high hopes for Golden Tate this year. I really think he is a, a, an undervalued and underappreciated wide receiver asset. I, I agree. Um, typically in the NFL and even more so in fantasy, Joe, possession receivers are overlooked. Yeah, like guys who are not scoring the touchdown volume and aren't big play receivers tend to be undervalued ever so slightly. Um, but PPR leagues, t- Tate, and what he can do in this offense, and if Stafford is going to throw the way he did this week, each and every week, um, Golden Tate's going to be a, a very valuable commodity. Now, I think you're going to see other pieces get theirs this year in Detroit as well, uh, but Tate's probably going to easily lead them in receptions and, and goes overlooked uh, probably more so than he should in Detroit, as you are saying. Um uh, another high upside uh, guy here for me is, we talked about him earlier, uh, Stud Zach Ertz. Um, now, again, he's not going to blow you away with athleticism, but I think he's going to continue to get receptions, continue to get targets. Uh, I, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of receptions in Ertz's future. Uh, they may not all be pretty. You know, they may not be the, the most uh, <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, but look, if you're looking day, for volume, hey, especially exactly. in PPR leagues, Ertz was a great value on the board. When people were reaching for Travis Kelsey, it just made my head hurt. Like, I, And you saw Jordan Reed going to relatively early, too. And meanwhile, Ertz is just floating and floating. And yeah, I get it. He doesn't have the greatest touchdown record yet. But there's still time for him to improve. Obviously, Matt Ryan, 321 today, a solid performance. Wentz, too, also studs. And we all know Alex Smith is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. So we're going to hit a break. We come back. It's time for Fantasy Duds. That's right. Dan and I are going to just, well, tell it like it is about some guys that were less than thrilling in week one. You're listening to the Fantasy Rewind with Dan and Joe on Fantasy Sports Radio. I don't know about you, Dan, but I remember this video very vividly. So it were yesterday. You a fan of the I cherry pie? You don't remember what? You didn't have MTV? You weren't one of the cool kids with cable? What happened? Not, in, not when this was out. Oh. I, we didn't have cable. We went uh, back and forth with cable. Like We didn't have it for a long stretch of time. Oh, well, I, I had a cool it. Kid. Thanks for bringing that up, Joe. Wow, oh, that's, uh, that's an open wound. So, uh, so it was pretty much just what better homes and gardens for you. Is that like you know that you <laughs> found your manhood? Is that <laughs> isn't that the line from Step Brothers? I think <laughs> favorite, so. Yeah, favorite non-adult magazine, right? <laughs> oh, good times. That's how you know it's late night here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's why they put us on the last. See, because everyone goes to bed and no one's listening, right? But you're listening. You're listening with us, and you're here, and it's good times right here. And uh, yeah, this. 
it was the cherry pie video. It was the uh, it was the white snake. Obviously, here I go again, a classic. And uh, I was a big fan of the Billy Idol uh, "Rock the Cradle of Love" video. You know, nice girl yes. comes over the house to uh, you know listen to her cassette tape. You know, because that's like a normal thing. This is regular. And then next thing you know, she's doing gymnastics on your bed. You know. And that's, you know, and spilling wine everywhere and, you know, crazy things happen. That's just uh, that's the way it goes. All right. Let's get to some fantasy duds here before we get kicked off the air in week one, because that would be a record for us. You know, we, we were pretty good, but that would even be a record for us. The worst performances of week one. And there's a fair amount of them to choose from. So I'm going to start with Tom Savage. I'm going to start a quarterback seven for 13 for 62. Oh, I mean, Tom Savage, uh, he was sacked six times in this game by the Jacksonville defense, which I actually have in the league, <laughs> and I played them, so it was, it was awesome. a good time. Yeah, um, So he was um, awful. Uh, Blake Bortles also, as we said, uh, present. That was the best way we could discuss him. And Scott Tolzien, I think those are three uh, of the worst quarterback performances. Although, I guess you throw Andy Dalton and his many, many uh, turnovers, his four picks, and his fumble as well. Who Who is the worst of the worst at quarterback for you this week? I, I mean, Savage is definitely up there. I think Joe Flacco. Nine for seventeen for one twenty-one. Yeah, also bad. Uh, and int like, and that's he's elite. So how do you get elite performance from those sort <laughs> love, of numbers? You just, I love, I love that you keep slipping that in there because you know somebody's I, listening and somebody, somebody has no oh, idea. So angry. <laughs> so or or they're just so angry. They're like, why does he keep saying this? Guys, it's um, sarcasm. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dan's joking. It's a joke. We're kidding. It's a joke. You're it's in on it too. You're just in so on you know. it. Well, um, is, is Andy Dalton the the worst of the worst because there were expectations for Andy Dalton? More, I mean, nobody thought Scott Tolzien or Tom Savage would do anything. They weren't started. I think in Flacco, lineups. but Dalton was started Flacco, out there. I'm sure. Yeah, I think between Dalton and Flacco, are probably and Russ Wilson. I mean, Wilson had a pretty pedestrian game there. You guys like close, you guys like Facebook friends. Russ Wilson, what the hell is that all about? You guys uh, am like, I not allowed to? I don't know. You guys like doing tricky tray together? What the hell is that, Russ Wilson? Tricky tray. Yeah, you know, that's a nice pull. Well, I think they that's call a it nice tricky pull. Tray. Because isn't that what they call they, it? Now? They call it tricky trade, but they call it other things, other places that may not be as uh, well. Good for... They call it something else, but now I think that's racially yes. insensitive, so you can't say it. Yes, yes, yes. See, this okay. is what happens on the same page when now. Dan and I cross nine o'clock. See, when you're a parent, you see this is what happens, right? Your mind is is oatmeal, right? So sometime around nine o'clock at night, your mind shuts down. So this is going to be the most fun show on the network. And I'm telling you right now, you need if you miss this show live and you miss it, you need to listen to it on demand for free Buckle on the uh, on the iTunes uh, free app for FNTSY Radio and Google Play. You can get it there as well and listen on demand. But this is the show to take with you because I can't imagine if this is 9:30 or so, wherever we are, that when we get into the third hour, how this is going to be. It's going to be good times, Dan. Yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm in for the good <laughs> well, times. You're already, uh, you're, you signed the contract. I mean, that's it. I have it in blood. You know, yeah, you're, you're here with me. This is the it. soul thing. And my third born is not as valuable as my first born, let's be honest. So I got Isn't that funny that one how that contract, happens? But... Right? Where you're like, well, first born, second born. Anyway. So who are the dud running backs for you this week? Give me your duds. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a very pretty, like there are some top end performers, but you have to throw DJ and Le'Veon Bell in there. I, I think are, are 
from where they were, you know, where you were projecting them to be uh, and where they ended up had to be a high on that list. I'll say for a lot of people, a lot of DFS people, Bilal Powell just did nothing this week. Did, they, yeah, they, I was shocked about that. Were you? I mean, you're a Jets guy. I, I, I No, I wasn't. Okay. I thought that was the one talented. thing you, can, you could count on, that he would somehow find a way to, to make it work with him because there's nothing First else. To, there's foremost, nothing else. First and foremost, it's the Jets. So there's nothing of common sense or, or way you All think right. things point, should work. Point Matt Forte is still there, still healthy. And so for some reason, they get him the ball. And you got guys like Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson and, and guys who are just okay enough to be open from time to time. Um, it, it, I don't think Powell is going to have a great year. I think this is going to be a, a terrible Jets team, obviously. Um, they're already 14 and a half point dogs to Oakland next week. So. Uh, it, it's ugly, and it's going to get uglier. Uh, I think Pat will hurt a lot of DFS folks who are looking for that cheap value for PPR sites like like a DraftKings. Um, but uh, I would say Love Bell and DJ have to be your your highest duds, right? Oh yeah, Eddie Lacy's a dud, but that's a dud you should know about. Uh, Tevin Coleman eight for sixteen, that was not good. Two yards per carry for him. Uh, certainly a dud worthy performance. How about Joe Mixon? I mean, that's. You know, eight for nine. <laughs> that is not exactly how you want to start the NFL career. But, you know, it was not a pretty game all the way around. But, I mean, Nick Mixon was a huge dud. I think there were a lot of people who were starting Mixon, rolling him out there, hoping for the best, and instead they got the worst. Um, yeah, I think that you have a situation in Cincinnati that you talked about earlier that's going to be murky. Um, and you're, you're going to look for upside each week. And if you're playing season-long, and Mixon's on your bench. You might he might be there for a long time. He may win win out as the best talent there, um, but I, I think again, th- there's just too much history with the other two. You know, there's too much that they've done there that in the actual real world, not in Madden or not in your fantasy team, coaches have biases, and and I wonder if they'll take a little longer to play out there in Cincinnati. Rob Kelly was a dud too, and I'll tell you what. Yes. I think the Samaje Pirine watch starts now. I know he was a fumble machine in the preseason, but, I mean, Rob Kelly is not the answer. I'm sorry. It's just not. Uh, that's another guy I would add to the pile of duds this week. Amir Abdullah, would you throw a huge dud as well. What do you make of Burkhead? Well, I don't think we've seen enough yet. You know, well, Burkhead's going to be one of those guys. was he a dud this week? Uh, well, I didn't have expectations for him. It's funny. We, they asked me the Lots question on did. Thursday. Lots of people A did. A lot of people <laughs> did. We talked about this on, on Target when Nini and myself and, and uh, Seeley, and we were talking about the same thing, like which one would you want? I said, well, probably James White, but if it wasn't White, I'm still going to go Gillisley because I still think just give me that touchdown, like give me the touchdown in 40 yards and I'll, I'll figure it out, you know, if he's a flex guy. And I didn't expect that many touchdowns. <laughs> I don't think you can every week. But I, I think that they've made a, a conscious decision, and now with Edelman out of the offense too, you know, it's pretty obvious that Gillisley is still going to be very active in the goal line, and Gillisley is very good down there. You know, he was good down there last year for Buffalo as well. So I think that's something you got to keep in mind. Le- uh, besides Le'Veon Bell, Isaiah Crowell in that game as well, also a big dud. I'm a big Crowell guy. It was a very disappointing performance. Same Obviously, here, the yeah. game kind of went away from him a little bit, went away from the the script of him being helpful. But not a good situation. You know, look, generally speaking, this was not a good fantasy week. It was a pretty sloppy, lackluster week one in the NFL. I mean, maybe you could say that the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game was entertaining back and forth. Uh, Detroit and Arizona for a little. I'll tell you what. You know, the Washington-Eagles game wasn't bad either. 
I was going back and forth between that one. That one had some ups and downs and some moments. Uh, some of the dud wide receivers, let's talk about those guys who had high expectations. Doug Baldwin, I know it's 463, but I had higher expectations for him, so I'm going to call him a dud. Uh, other yep. dud wide receivers here that uh, we go through the name. Devontae Adams, that's another one I would add to this pile. Three for 47, not what I was expecting, not what I was hoping for. Uh, I know it's a tough defense there with Seattle, so if everyone's going to make him all of a sudden available, please give me all of your Devontae Adams shares. I'll be happy to take them from you. How about you, Dan? Who are some of your dud wide receivers over in week one of the NFL? Uh, wide receivers or receivers at large? We're just doing uh, wide outs and tight ends. Receivers at large. Right. Yeah, throw anybody out there. You, you want to I mean, throw Bob a dud on the, is the name. You throw the dud. I mean, Gronkowski jumps out to me. Um, I I'm not I wasn't a big Gronkowski fan for season long because I thought you were overpaying for the position and overpaying and I know RPV wise he he blows away the field when he's healthy um but I just I was not a big fan of it. I think you're going to have some weeks where he is a no show, and obviously the injury threat is always there as well. But um, he's one back from Thursday. Um, trying to find other guys. Well, you know uh, what? You it's a- funny though. You mentioned the relative position value of Gronkowski. The one caveat there, and I always write about this in the Black Book every year, is that when you remove Ron Gronkowski from that pile, which means that you take him out there, you put him on a team, right in your league, everybody else is basically the same at tight end week to week. Pretty much. They're within a couple percentage points of right. each other for the most part. And that's why it's not worth going. It's the same thing about catchers in baseball. Yeah, if one catcher is great, that's awesome. But only one team is going to have that advantage. So week to week when you're playing against other teams, only the team that has Gronkowski has that advantage at tight end. Nobody else does. So just let that let that go. Let that advantage go because it's not worth paying the premium yeah. Of the cost right. in which you have to get it, you know, and that's that's where it gets tricky there. Uh, also looking through these uh, wide receivers and some of the wideouts here that we thought would be better. You mentioned Powell also just from a receiving standpoint, not very good. DeMarco Murray from a receiving standpoint, not very good uh, out of the bat. Martavis Bryant, how about him? Two for 14. A lot of people thought Martavis Bryant was going to, to make an immediate impact. Not so much in week one, Dan. It's tough when you, and I know there is usually enough in that Pittsburgh offense to spread it around, but when Antonio Brown's doing what he did today, it's going to be tough for uh, Brian to have big days. I think um, from receiving, we mentioned Bilal Powell earlier. I think he, he did not get you uh, the points you were looking for there. Um, Kenny Britt, uh, I would say, you know, maybe not too much expectation, but a, a dud performance with just one reception there uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, there's a lot here. There's a lot to dig into. There are. Like, you know, I give Crowder a pass, you know, because he was hurt. So that's that's a guy. You know, he got on the field. He played. That's good. But you had to have low expectations Allen Robinson's ACL. Is that too soon? <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm good with that. All right. We're going to get a break. We come back. Dan and I are going to release the hounds and get some rage out. You're listening to the Fantasy Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Love me some beasties. On a Sunday night, talking NFL here. It's the Fantasy Rewind. I want to get to know our producer here. We've never worked together. This is the first time on the Sunday night here. Kevin Walsh has had the uh, the short straw <laughs> of working with Dan Stratford and myself. So, Kevin Walsh, welcome to the program. Welcome here. We're happy that you're here spending time with us. Good quality time, because that's all that matters, right? We get you once a week. It's all about the quality time, not the quantity. We're like you're some weird step-parent of you, or, <laughs> or like some divorced dad or whatever. But, Gotta make it so, count. Uh, are you enjoying your... 
That's right. Are you enjoying yourself so far, my friend? I'm loving it. I like the little touch, a little Tupac to start the show off. It's been smooth sailing since. There you go. See, even Walsh gets it. So, Kevin, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Are you a New York guy? Where are you from? How'd you end up here at Fantasy Sports Radio? New York born on this and raised. <laughs> on this show specifically. <laughs> we already know he lost a bet for this show. It's like, listen, uh, hey, Walsh, can you go take that uh, that crazy 8 to 11 shift there? Yeah, good boy. Good, good, good. Yeah, it's, it's out of college for like two months and. Basically, you get told, here are the hours, and you show up, and uh, there here we go. are. Hey, hey, look, Dan Strafford and I used to do, the uh, at another station, the 10 to 1 Saturday night shift oh, for a yeah. long time. We, we've been Wasn't through it every... 10 to 2 at one point? No, it was 10 to 1. at one point? No? No, it was 10 to 1. That was enough. I don't think... Was you, it always 10 to 1? It was 10 to 1. I got Which, home at 2? Is that what it was? You got home at 2, and I got home at 3. <laughs> That's yeah. how it worked. <laughs> so what school did you go to there, Mr. Walsh? I own a college up in New Rochelle. Look at you. Yes. Is that now you're from New York area, you said? Or yeah, no? Queens, Middle Village. Yeah, from born and raised. Born and raised. Look at you. Nice. Look at you. Does that make you I lived uh, in I lived in Astoria for three years, so uh, I know that. Queens. Familiar. Well. Look at you. Look at you. Familiar. Yeah, we're talking about real queens, not <laughs> familiar. Bougie yeah. queens. We're not talking about the <laughs> exactly. bourgeois queens where and I was like, Oh, let's go to the beer garden and hang out a little bit with my <laughs> hipster beards and all our nonsense. So uh, Kevin Walsh, what'd you study when you were over at uh, Iona? Broadcast journalism. So what does that do? It gets you a job right here behind the board at the Fantasy Sports Radio. Network. Look at that. There it is. Look at that. Look at yeah, everybody's gotta start somewhere, baby. Well we're we're happy to have you. So wait, I gotta ask you this question. So if you're born and raised in Queens, does that make you a loser Met fan like me? No, it doesn't. Uh, both parents were Yankees fans. <laughs> No, you didn't oh, have good. to. Sugar, I mean, you didn't sugarcoat it. I won't sugarcoat it. I, I avoided that. No. My two, my two younger brothers didn't. That's on them. I, the other day, I was at work. I was trying to sell someone an application <laughs> to become a Yankees fan because the Yankees are going to play games at City Field. I said the fair trade-off because City Field's a better field than the Yankee Stadium. So we take the nicer stadium, and then you get to cheer for winning baseball. I thought that'd be fair. Oh, I like Kevin Walsh. He's got a mean streak. <laughs> He's our kind of people. He's a right. Tone for us yeah. over here. So let's take your week uh, one getaway. You got any uh, rage you want to share with everybody? What didn't go your way DFS season long today that you just want to rant and rave and try to keep it clean? That way, you know, you can make it past week one here. Uh, I'll keep, keep it as keep com- your own job. composed as possible. You guys have been talking about it a lot, but Carson Palmer will never be in another DFS lineup. Dan, you mentioned that he's playing the Colts next week. I do not care. I will not play him again. Three picks against the Lions defense. It was last year, I believe, 32nd dead last in DVOA defensively. I am passing entirely on ever playing Carson Palmer again in a DFS. I was smart enough to not draft him in a league, but I, I, I saw the price. I saw the Lions defense. I thought it makes sense. It clearly made no sense. Mm, that's a good one. I like that, Walsh. How about you, Stratford? You got to release the hounds on somebody. I know you had a, I mean, a it, rough day in daily from our conversation. We were talking about what didn't go your way today, Dan. I mean, Brent, he, he just nailed it. Um, uh, Carson Palmer. Oh, you had Palmer shares my too? List, but I have Palmer I had, everywhere, dude. I, I had, you know, I, it's I Palmer amazing. Palmer and Fitzgerald and Palmer you, and Brown. Tony is like, you know, Tony is one of the best DFS guys. I think we all know that, you know, you listen to the lineup lock show and, you know, he was on Palmer. I didn't have one lineup with Palmer. I had a terrible. It's funny because I had 
like one off Fitzgerald because I thought no matter how good or bad Palmer is, you know, September Fitzgerald is my favorite Fitzgerald. It's like, you know, when the uh, it's like apple, it's like pumpkin season rolls around or, you know, like there's a window where you get every like I know there's a window where Larry Fitzgerald is, is good. And then he goes bad at a certain point, like like before Halloween. That's like, you know, you got it. You're just sick of pumpkin lattes. It's the same thing with Fitzgerald. But I had zero Carson Palmer and I'm fascinated. So many people seem to really what was the ownership in some of those leagues? Yeah, I know. Uh, I can find it quickly. Hey, look, he my GPP, again, I went all good. in on Hoyer and Garcon in a lot of them because I thought they'd be playing from behind, and Garcon had a good game, but I don't know how because it doesn't seem to have uh, trickled down to Brian Hoyer, the quarterback. I'm not sure how that happened. That's but always amazing how that works out. Isn't that, um, isn't that funny? Uh, You're like, how? Garcon, like 8 for 86 or whatever it was, like, that's a pretty good day. If he had a touchdown or two, that would have been better, but not so much. But, yeah, uh, the, the ownership percentage are very high. I think David Johnson. 7.7. So in the three dollar over on DraftKings, which was two hundred K to first, uh, how many entries? Seven hundred thirty eight thousand two hundred sixty one entries. Uh, Palmer was seven point seven percent. Quarterback ownership typically fairly spread out, um, so not too highly owned. But eleven point nine six DraftKings points, which hey, it's it's no uh, it's no Tom Savage. But uh, it's <laughs> well, still, uh, not. I mean, it, that's just asking for trouble. You know, what I mean, I don't think Tom Savage is one you ask. I will for trouble. say this. You know what? You know who who I uh, David Johnson's wrist. That, that's who I have big trouble with right now. Is that yeah, Johnson I would, injury. I the hounds on him. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough because the season long drafted him number one. Everybody took him number one or two overall. So you have big expectations if we're going to have a bad game and then, you know, looking like he's missing time. By the way, the latest news on him, too, just because we have it here. They say that some people are optimistic that it might not be as long as you think. So, you know, this is going to be one of those scenarios that's going to go well into tomorrow, into Tuesday, before we get, I think, full. Uh, they right. say there's still room for optimism we'll need an X-ray right and MRI now. And, yeah. yeah, so, like, you know, look, don't, don't think your season is over yet if you are uh, an owner of his. So just just take time and be calm there. Um, but, yeah, David Johnson certainly ruined some time. Le'Veon Bell ruined uh, my day in one league where I was just kind of bummed out. Like, you know, I expected just, ugh. You know, just it's Cleveland. I, Cleveland's defense is better, and I've been one of these people saying all the time, you know, Cleveland is a, it's a much better defense. Don't sleep on this Cleveland defense. But uh, he showed a lot of rust today. I think it's pretty clear he showed, you know, the holdout took its toll, and it's unfortunate. But I think you just got to stick with him and be all right. You know, I'm trying to think of who else I'm really mad about. My cash game quarterback everywhere pretty much was Mariota. And I should have had the car side of things. That would have been better. But Mariota was okay. That rushing touchdown he had kind of saved yeah, I, me there. You know who I need to release the hounds on, Joe, is myself. Like, like, like that's who I'm for making poor decisions but, and staying away from But you can't do once. that every week. Like, You're, we're never going to make it through 17 oh, oh, weeks. Oh, oh, oh. Are you going to wow. release the hounds on yourself wow. every you're week? Implying you're implying, I would hope not. What, that I, your I, self-loathing I knows no <laughs> bounds? Is that the idea? No, my, my point oh. is this week, I made the wrong decisions. I hope in subsequent weeks I am not making the wrong decisions is my point. <laughs> Well, I think, look, I, I think here's the thing is we we as fantasy analysts always do the same thing. Well, our job is to get the best information out there, break it down, give you the best opportunity. And look, we did a lot of good stuff this week leading up to things. And unfortunately, some of the things week one is week one. The same thing happened last year and the year before. It always comes down to the same thing. Go back and look. Week one is bizarre. Week one, a lot of teams come out flat. A lot of teams come off weird little hangovers where they haven't played together in a couple weeks because they don't play in that last week of preseason. Yet, you know, travel schedules for the first time, all this stuff goes in. The stuff that we've been talking about for the last six weeks, 
does not go away. You know, the players that were bad this week that everybody thought would be good, it doesn't mean they're, they're useless. It doesn't mean Nelson Aguilar is now the number one wide receiver in the NFL, okay? These things just aren't the same. I'm curious, too, as Austin Hooper was probably a big, uh, big breaker in terms of DFS lineups, I would imagine, today, too, right? A guy who <clears throat> very low owned, probably, you know, helped a lot of people hit some big paydays, right, I imagine? A lot of Hooper uh, I shares. don't know what his ownership was, but I would assume, I didn't have any. That would be, be my we discussed. You know, my guess would be Hooper would be one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think like some of the other guys that would like the breakout guys. I got to look at some of the top tournaments like Millionaire Maker. I'm in that one. I got to see where that one is. But, you know, overall, I think that you just take a breath with week one and realize crazy things happened. Some stuff was good. Some stuff was not good. You know, the normal things. If you're looking for normalcy, Michael Crabtree is normalcy. Jordy Nelson, there was normalcy there. That's good. Those are things you're going to count on week to week. And don't go away from the plan, okay? It's week one. Don't get too crazy. I don't have a whole lot of hate because I have a whole lot of guys left to go in this Monday night game in a lot of my season-long leagues. And I'm basically in striking distance. I am going to release the hounds on Jake Seeley for a minute, though, because he's got Kareem Hunt, and I'm playing him in flex this week. And I didn't realize I was playing him until this morning. And I'm looking at him like, oh, crap. I didn't realize. And, of course, he has Kareem Hunt because he is, like, the president of the fan club. So and now i got to beat him. But it's a two-quarterback. It's a super flex league. And I've got Breeze and Rivers left to go. And I think I'm in striking distance. I think i got a pretty good shot here. So hopefully uh, hopefully that will go well and we'll continue to, uh, you know, make, make some progress in the season long. Now, you said that you've actually – faded away from a lot of your season-long leagues in favor of I have. just all DFS now for you. I have. So I really come to the conclusion that the way, and FanDuel finally did it, and DraftKings has a similar, so these daily sites are getting the idea. I want to be able to pick new teams each week. Right, I, I me think too. That's what I've been seeing injuries we're years. seeing, yeah, we, we talked about it three or four years ago on our other show. Um, it makes so much sense to hold a league on a site where you – Put in whatever the fee is for the league. You get weekly payouts for whoever has the top-scoring team, and you get one at the end of the year for whoever has the most points. And and that's what these sites are finally starting to get. FanDuel rolled it out this year. It's not the easiest way to use it. It's not The UI isn't perfect yet. Uh, But as they do that, or if on the other side, ESPN and Yahoo, or one of these understands that that's really the way NFL needs to go, I think all of a sudden that changes the game. Yes, you'll still have some people playing the other way, but I think this is the way to go moving forward. Yeah, I said in the black book, the evolution of fantasy football, five, ten years from now, season-long daily. I said it when I worked for FanDuel a couple of years ago, back in 2015, where they asked, what what should we do? How can we make this better? And I said, uh, well, the only thing lacking is the camaraderie of fantasy, which is really why most people play, is because they right. want to play with their friends. They want to play with their family and their colleagues. And, people and if, you throw in, if you throw in a live draft aspect, like a live auction where you're actually like... I don't know. Maybe that's more the play draft app, but there's got to be something of that, to your point, the camaraderie, yeah. a message board, some sort of chat, something to, to move that forward. We're going to break. When we come back. Dan Strafford and I are going to continue to fix fantasy football because that's what we do. We fix things that are broken and make dreams come true. You're listening to the Fantasy Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Yeah! It's time to funk it up! It's in the slow, slow ride, ride. ride. Yeah! Slow ride! And for those of you who don't know, take it easy! Uh, Dan and I, I've been known to sing on air quite a bit. In fact, 
You might have to bring that back. It's coming back. It's back. Are we, it's are we back. bringing it back? You know it's back, yes. I, I wasn't going to speak for Come you. Come on. Well, Dan and I used to do the Come DFS on. head-to-head wager where the loser had to sing a song uh, of Come the other on. person's choosing. So I, I'm, I'm going to tweet at Cardano right now to confirm. Let's well, see. I know it's Mike Cardano's favorite bit in creation. I mean, nothing moves the needle, as they like to say here at the network, than Dan Strafford singing. And I, I can hear the, the typing. It's, it's amazing. And Mike Cardano, I'm sure, will tell us absolutely not. Don't do that. You're the oh, worst. no way in hell. And there's no way no. we're not going to do it. I'm pretty sure that's that's. So what's I just tweeted, happen. hey, Mike Cardano, confirming Joe and I have permission to sing every Sunday night on FNTS. Wow, you actually use the word permission. That's that's where it gets yeah. a little wacky for me. I can't believe you use the word permission. That's uh, whew, look at you. Usually you just said, hey, guess what? We're singing again because we're back. Right. Uh, and I, also I, last year we did some fun things. We did like, you know, some fun DraftKings contests. Uh, where mm-hmm. is you know the throw a dollar? We did the Scott Tolzien only the Tolzien only the tournament. Tolzien where, yeah, every lineup had to have Scott Tolzien in it as a lineup builder. After that, it was whatever you wanted to do, but you weren't allowed to play if it wasn't Tolzien. Uh, I think we could start bringing that back again too. I can start pushing so, out the yep. black book, and you know we could talk about. It. I, I'll take ideas. You have any ideas for? Uh, Week two, how you want to structure a lineup? I I, to, we might have to take a look at the week two schedule and figure that out. And, you know, you like maybe one of the Texans quarterbacks, you have to have a Texans quarterback in there. Um, you have to have the best Terry Cohn lineup, right? And we always had a clever, uh, clever name for it. Yes. You know, a clever name for the contest. Because if you don't have a clever name, what's the point in doing it, right? Right. In anything in life. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, clever names are everything <clears throat> going back to fixing fantasy football, because that's what, you know, we're going to do here. <clears throat> My perfect world is is exactly what you're saying. And it's 12 people getting together. You make one investment for X number of dollars. The money pushes back and forth every week. You do a grand total winner a bonus. You know, you, you find an algorithm that's going to hold the money and divvy it out into people's accounts properly <clears throat> at the very end and on a weekly basis. Right. right? And you draft every week. You play together. It keeps everyone playing for 17 weeks. You eliminate the idea of playoffs. Basically, you go in there and you just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're gonna, Every week you start fresh. Every week you put your lineup in. No BPS trades that piss people off, that people think are unfair. Right? You've taken basically all the all the crap work out of it, right? You've taken out all of the oh I gotta collect fees from everybody or oh this guy doesn't put in lineups or, or this girl, you know, uh doesn't set her lineup uh, you know on the bye weeks or this person checked out because they lost the first three weeks and now they don't wanna play and it's screwing up the standings. Like you literally have twelve to God knows how many people you wanna do in the league. You have them engaged for seventeen straight weeks. Because everybody has a chance every week to win. And and if you want to award the, the first to top two point getters, that's great too. Because you can say, well, there's the right. other thing. It's like, oh, it's a second best team and I got nothing to show for it. So do a $20 prize well, and a $10 prize. you do a payout prize. structure, yeah. Right, a payout well, you structure. You pay the, the first three, yep. something. But that's the future, yep. right, Dan? That, that's where we're going. I mean, with these injuries, season-long NFL, and I've shed, I've gone down from, you know, like 10 to like 5. I've cut my season-long leagues in half. You know, I'm very careful, and I play a lot of Superflex because I buy into Superflex. I hate Standard with a passion, and PPR is fine, but why aren't we using the quarterback position? But that that's basically what I'm looking for. Like, if you could do a Superflex version, that'd be even better. Like, that's, that's really what I want. All right, hour two in the books. Time flies when you're having fun, man. I gotta say, this is 
good times here. Stick with us. Hour three, John Lobb with us for Football Diehards and a look ahead to week two. We'll be right back right after this. 